Hi, I'm Kai Sin, your host for this episode, and you're listening to the Handful of Leaves podcast, where we bring you practical Buddhist wisdom for a happier life. Do you remember the songs that accompanied you through the key moments of your life? Whether it is falling in or out of love, or going through lonely and dark nights, a good song would never fail to resonate, to give strength, and to heal. This Visakman, we learn more about Buddhist music from the eyes of Buddhist musicians. There are two parts to this episode. As a start, my co-host Cheryl and I will be speaking to Dr. Kanki, who is based in Singapore and a really seasoned Dhamma music producer. Up next, we will be speaking with young, talented Buddhist band from Malaysia called Buddy Sings. The melody that you heard in the introduction of this episode is from a song that was composed by Brother Kanki called Shengming Zhong the Pengyo, which means the friends in our life. We go behind the scenes to learn more about his journey from a PhD graduate and an ex-research scientist who made a career switch to pursue music full-time in order to create a social impact to the community. We learned what inspires him to keep going on after 10 plus years and a very moving personal story about how his songs have helped make a difference in people's lives. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Thank you so much for joining us, you know, taking your time to, to come and chat with us. For the sake of our listeners here uh, who do not know you, uh, Brother Kanki, do you want to share a little bit more about yourself? Okay, um, my name is uh, Kanki. Do I need to share my IC number as well? <laughs> IC number, bank yeah. account, address. <laughs> I grew up in Malaysia. When I was uh, in secondary school, I joined Buddhist uh, group and also Buddhist society in school. And at the same time, uh, that's where I learned uh, guitar and songwriting. And because of that, I have a lot of opportunity to share my compositions with my fellow Buddhist friends in the circle. And eventually I was spotted by some teachers and they brought me to a bigger platform where I can share all my songs and so on. That's where I started to build my passion in music. And it's a, it's a good platform because at the same time, I learned that uh, music is a very effective tool to bring positive message to, to people. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, I graduated as an engineer. I came back from US. I studied in a US university. I graduated from there. Then I came back. I worked as an engineer for a few years. I started actually become a full-time music producer for eight months in Malaysia. Yeah, but it doesn't work out because uh, I think it's very hard to survive as a full-time music producer. So I failed in the eight months, then I come back to engineers. And that's when I traveled to Singapore and subsequently I have been here in Singapore for engineers and as a research scientist for about maybe 17 years. That's when I uh, uh, become a full-time music producer again, you know, uh, because uh, mainly because of the passions that I have in music and also uh, the belief that music can be a very good tool to bring positive message to people. Yeah, that's roughly, yeah, my background. I'm very curious because it's quite a big transition, right, from being a research scientist to a musician. 
and doing it full-time, I know in the music industry, it's quite hard to make a living. First, very courageous of you. And I'm just wondering what motivated you to even take that leap to come back again? Because you, you mentioned eight months was tough. So after 17 years, what changed? Mm, yes, yes. Uh, nothing changed. That's why I come back again. <laughs> I mean, mentality, uh, you know, and the passions in music. But of course, this time, um, I definitely uh, it's more matured. But of course, uh, there are a lot more considerations to be done. Uh, but it's, it's more like a personal decision and at the right time, given the conditions at that time, I made this decision. But uh, all these uh, conditions and the decisions that I've made is actually uh, accumulations of the effort that I've put in for the past 20 years. You know, uh, on top of my full-time career, I continuously spending my so-called free time to acquire the music production knowledge and to work on a lot of uh, different activities and projects for Buddhist youth, you know, continue to uh, to like music, you know, and to find interest uh, working with uh, different people in the in the ecosystem in the music production ecosystem, yeah, and uh, all those things lead to eventually the formations of Happy Productions today. Yeah, so it's not a sudden decision, but it's a continuous effort. That when the conditions is right, when the conditions matured, then I make this decision and it transit over to become a full time music producer. Right, so it was not like a just you know leap of faith. You just close your eyes, jump into full time production. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's more no, about no. building yes. up the seeds and and getting the experience and the knowledge as well. Yes, um, of course. Uh, when when we built this seat twenty years ago, we never have a firm decision that one. One day I want to be a full-time music producer and so on. But it's just that the accumulation of this lead to this decision and this condition. So I'll just uh, just follow and probably we can give it a try. So tell us more, you know, why music to create impact? Like why is music the weapon of choice in a way? Okay, I mean, as, as compared to a research scientist, right? Even like different ways, right? So people, you know, can share Dharma or build up a community through, through a lot of different ways. Um, like for example Handful of Leaves you're doing like through writing podcasts different formats so why music specifically? Yeah this, this definitely is because of uh, my passion and also my background as I mentioned that uh, I started uh, learning music uh, in the Buddhist environment and so uh, it has become like attached of course there are a few moments that in the past that is always in my mind for example when uh, we graduated and our teachers given us a space to share our songs with about thousands of audiences. And that kind of moment when people are clapping and enjoying the moment, they are touched by the message that we bring. It all like uh, stained into my mind. And, you know, I started to have this uh, idea of I want to continue doing this and also follow the footsteps of the teachers that I've learned from. Now, I have a lot of good teachers when I grew up. They are all uh, lay people and they have their own job and but they sacrifice their free time and sometimes weekend they have to follow us to disco until midnight. You know, <laughs> they still have to after midnight they still need to make tea and then uh, drink with us, talk to us about our, our problems and, and things like that when we are young and teenagers. So I wish that I can do the same thing to the current youth. So that motivates me to continue to use music as a tool because that is the the most effective tools that I have learned so far. Yeah, that's why I continue to do this.
Yeah. I, I do feel like music is an expression of life and emotion, etc. When we are sad, we listen to certain music and we feel like, oh, this really represents a part of my life or when we need certain inspiration. Out of all of the music or songs that you have produced or have written, is there anyone that is very close to heart or it's, has a special meaning to you? Yeah, every song that I compose definitely have some meanings to me. But uh, as a... As we are creative when we are in creative line, right? We are always in a constant doubt whether we write the best songs that we can have, you know, whether these melodies is the best or whether this audio mixing is the best that we can get and so on. But usually those moments, right, they are created uh, because of uh, their responses to the songs that I wrote. Those mm-hmm. moments that I feel like, wow, this is a very important moment for me is because when these songs, when we shared with people, it becomes a part of them. A recent example, I have a very good friend, a very young friend, who just passed away a few days back. For the past uh, five to six years, we have actually organized a composition camp with a Buddhist youth group in Sarawak, Malaysia. And there was this young boy, he's really talented. He got straight A's for SPM, equivalent to O-level in Singapore. And uh, it was his first semester in the uh, University of Malaysia. And he passed away because of the exercise, two sports, then just collapsed and passed away. He joined our uh, composition camp and he wrote a song with the team. So that, that song is about home because he traveled, right? So he write a song for the family. And a group of youth group during his funeral, they sing the song together. And uh, that is a very important moment for me. Although the song is not written by me, but I'm part of the seed that, you know, create all these things and eventually uh, become a, a very important moment for the Buddhist youth group and also hopefully for him. There are also a friend uh, that I met in an organization. She approached me when she knows that I wrote the song called Sending on the Pangyo. She said that she has a sister. Uh, the sister also suddenly fell and into a coma state. Then when they play this song, she will have response according to her because she was very active in Buddhist uh, activities before and Seming Zhong Ge Feng is one of their favorite songs. She shared this uh, story with me and it becomes a, a very big motivation. I'm not saying that I'm proud, but I'm being very humbled that I can have this opportunity to contribute and uh, put some uh, meanings of my songs to other people and becomes part of their life. Uh, it actually reminded me that I need to do more positive songs than, you know, just to create some commercial songs that, you know, uh, it might influence a lot of people actually with music. Yeah, th- thank you so much for sharing these two stories. I think, you know, the power of music is really in experiencing and feeling the songs, the the composition and the lyrics and, and really letting that touch your heart and it could really be a, a transformation tool for healing and for bringing people together as well. So thank you for the work that you yes. do directly, you know, in writing the songs and indirectly by building up the, the community as well of the young Buddhists. Yeah. In fact, in current world, right, we can command a lot of useful tools that can influence a lot of people. I mean, every single person can download some software and make music. You know, everyone can... Uh, bring a camera and then start recording videos and so on. But uh, when we are having all these powerful tools, right, including technology, what we can do about it and we need to be more cautious and understand the effects that we can create on other people. I think these are important messages that 
I learned through all this experience. When you command something that you can really influence people, we need to start thinking about what is the impact that we create to others. And by knowing that, right, if you are in the right path, you are doing something good to the world, then you need to become more hardworking in learning and polishing your expertise so that you can create something that is more useful to the people. You are in a constant stream of fighting against all the commercial, you know, and uh, to make people known of these messages, to make people appreciate and listen or uh, watch more of this uh, good content. So it is more important that we acquire all this knowledge and tools so that we can create something uh, useful and important content for people. But speaking of that, I do feel sometimes it can be a hard balance, right? In terms of producing songs that are very meaningful versus producing songs that will in a way become very viral, a, a huge hit. And sometimes they are not together in the sense that a meaningful song does not get the audience, but a you know, more shallow song actually gets the wider audience. How do you balance that out in your creative process? Try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that there are good there are good contents that can become viral as well. Of course it's a different skill. You know, sometimes a viral message it might not be a hundred percent good content. But it can become viral in a very short time. But I believe good contents, uh, it can stay there for a very long time and it can accumulate audiences in a longer time period and you will be there. You know, sometimes a, a viral content can be just like one or two weeks or maybe months. But good content, if you put it there, it can be years. It can be 10 years, 20 years and still a lot of people uh, get the benefits out of it. So I think there are still motivations. I have to cultivate this kind of motivations. So uh, all my planning need to be long-term instead of short-term. Yeah, there are some adjustments that we need to do. It's just like a handful of leaves. You need to plan for long-term as well, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, of course, we can't lose sight of what's happening in front of us as well. So it's a fine balance, short-term and long-term. And when it comes to content-related work, it requires a lot of inspiration. I'm wondering where do you usually get your inspiration to write a song? Let's say Sheng Ming Zhong the Penyo. So for friends who don't understand Chinese or Mandarin, it means the friends in your life. I hope I've yes. translated it correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah, very meaningful right. lyrics talking about companionship, no longer feeling lonely and having hope. So that song, where do you get the inspiration from? Yeah, Sheng Ming Zhong the Penyo is actually the team song for a Buddhist youth group. I think around year 2004, I joined the Buddhist youth group and become the one of the committee. This song is actually uh, written by a reverend. Then the, after that, I composed the melody. Again, there are a lot of moments. Uh, one of the important ones is we use this song in a Buddhist camp. And uh, I remember it was the third day of the camp. Then uh, early in the morning, I went home to bring something. Then I go back to the camp. Then I saw all the youth, they are so tired because of the two days of activities. Right? They all lie there and sleep, you know. I don't know, somehow that moment became very touching to me. I felt that I can instill some uh, important moment to them. And some of them are still in Buddhist circle and contributing. So, um, yeah, this song is for them, actually. And there are a few other songs that, that was actually in the album, in the Sunning Jonathan album. For example, there's one called Sheng Qi Shi Ting Yi Ting. It means that when you're angry, it's stop. Those are the songs that I wrote for the Buddhist youth group during their normal activities. I share this song with them, 
share some uh, message about anger management. There's another song I wrote about Zhuan Bian. It's about the uh, Wu Chang. It's about impermanence. So uh, those songs uh, actually return it for the activities actually, and eventually uh, it turned out into an album and share with a lot more people. Ah, so it almost feels like you're seeing that there is a need for a lesson to be learned, and then you express it or convey that message through yes, songs yes. and lyrics. That's yes, very beautiful. Yes. Of course, there are, there, are, there are things that inspire me to write a song like Sun Ji Su Ting Ting because I quarreled with my wife. Then after that, I say I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> I start writing this song. <laughs> but eventually, this song turned out to be useful for the, for the youth as well. Yeah. I think that's why it's so beautiful, right? Because it's really based on your experiences and really what you are seeing from the day-to-day, which everyone experiences as well, which makes your song so much more relatable. Uh, yeah, I think the important thing is I'm not numbed by the so-called uh, adult world. You know, I continue to have a lot of small moments that inspired me and touches me a lot. Then uh, from there, I can start creating and continue to have all these inspirations to write songs. Very touched by your story when you mentioned about how the songs really impacted lives of your friends. Yeah, I, I think that the lyrics sometimes really touches people. Like the album that I produced recently, the lyrics are all written by the youth, but they can write something like "Fo Jiao Kang Zai Woman the Jian Zhang," you know. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know what does that mean? Yeah, they take responsibility. Yeah, just secondary school, like fifteen years old, sixteen years old, but they write lyrics like that. Um, sometimes it inspired me a lot. And but there are a lot of good lyrics like uh, "I travel around the world, I see all the world," but the things that I worry the most is I have the feeling of missing home. Aww. So, so all these are really inspired moments for me. Very deep as well for, for these young uh, people to be able to compose. Yes. Actually, this, this is a song that was written by the young friend who, who just passed away. Yeah. So, and then uh, during the production, we, we have some electric guitars, very rock electric guitars like running at the background to show that kind of uh, missing home, that kind of feeling. So uh, when I heard this news and we go to the final production, the mixing stage, I purposely don't want to lower down that guitars because usually we lower down the guitars so that the vocals can can appear more uh, clearly to people. But I purposely don't want to reduce the volume so that we can understand that it's a very harsh world. But because we learn dumb. Thanks for sharing. It's very beautiful. I can sense that you're still feeling that lingering emotion when you talk yeah i think that friend means quite quite a lot to you where can we find the home song uh it's going to be released soon typically some people would find that you know in the dharma space because we are after peace and music seems to be against peace because you know you, you play the instruments and then you get very hyped up i mean depends on what genre it is how do you reconcile the spiritual practice with music? Uh, I have no uh, for and against in this. It's just uh, for different purposes. For example, the music that I mostly do for youth, their purpose is to attract youth to come into the circle, you know, and to join the community so that they can know friends from here, they can know a reverend from here, then eventually when they are in trouble, then there are a lot of good friends and teachers to help them. So on that part, I think uh, basically it has less uh, limitations. You know, I can do a pop songs or even hip hop, but 
of course, the content need to be appropriate for that kind of genre. When it comes to uh, learning the Dharma, I do agree that music actually kind of uh, make you more emotional and you are less in peace sometimes. Yeah. So if I want to learn Dharma and probably uh, one day I should give up music. Yeah. Actually, I can give up music now also if I want to. But I continue to find that it's a meaningful tool that I can use to inspire more people to come into the circle. Yeah. But if I want to learn Dharma, I mean, I'm now in the circle. I want to learn Dharma. I don't need music to do that, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like a gateway for people to assess the Dharma first and then slowly experiencing that bliss and letting go of that very transient emotional aspect. Mm, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, uh, when we want to eat, we need the bowl and we need fork and spoon and so on, right? So when we want to inspire some laypersons to come into the circle, so this is a good tool that we can have. So I would just take it as a tool in that way. And of course, uh, people might say that uh, in that case, it becomes very jia, <laughs> you know, because it's not a true feeling. But uh, uh, I, I believe at my age now, uh, it's very difficult for me to write a suitable songs for, for youth. I mean, I'm at a different stage of life right now. For me to continue able to write that, right, I need to be in the circles. I need to have this environment with the youth. You know, that's why I create. I continue to create this environment because I have passion in it. I continue to create this kind of environment. And also, I'm trying to learn from the younger generation also because we do composition camp with them. Then they have melodies that surprises me sometimes, you know. And from there, I learned from them as well. I think all these are, are means that uh, we use to, to help people to get into the circles. But it's not the ultimate target for individuals to attend Buddhahood or to learn Dharma. Mm. That, that's yeah. my opinion. An analogy that came to mind was like, you need a raft to cross the river. So it's like attracting the youth to through music but once they are in in the Buddhist circle if they want to deepen their practice then they will have to let go of the raft and you know then go into the different parts of Buddhism yes exactly because music is a very powerful tool for young people because you remember when we are young when we are in secondary school we always remember there's one song that you know bring us the memories and so on but when we become adult music is like Spotify just turn on some music you know so that we can cool ourselves down and things like that it becomes less meaningful to us because probably we have a lot more other things to consider. Our adrenaline at this moment in time is less comparing to last time, you know. Our emotion is not so easily aroused by the music. But it's a, it's a beautiful moment. I mean, when we are young, we are easily aroused by emotion and then uh, we are easily touched by people. I think those are really important moments for us to develop our character. Yeah, I fully agree. And rather than listening to, I, I do know in my teenage years, I listen to a lot of trashy songs because it's just the melody. <laughs> it sounds nice, right? So rather than listening to that, if I have something yeah. meaningful that has a life lesson and takeaway, I think it's very valuable and beautiful. Having said all of this, you have composition cams and you have all the production that you're doing. What's your aspiration for the Buddhist music scene? Okay, uh... There are a lot more things that we can do in the music scene. The very important thing is we need to continue to inspire more people into our circles so that we can have a very well-developed ecosystem because music is also an industry. So 
it will require a lot of professions. We need to have talented musicians. We need to have arrangers. Then on the technical side, we need to have very good audio engineers and mixing engineers and so on. So all these require expertise. And I think we still need to do a lot of work to build this ecosystem now so that we can have people more focused on understanding Buddhist music and how they can use, for example, audio mixing technologies to improve and achieve uh, the objective of Buddhist music and so on. So I think uh, this ecosystem is very important. And by that means that we need to be more flexible in our content so that this market becomes bigger and a lot more people are willing to come in. This is the uh, most important thing that I realized because uh, I do have difficulties finding some good musicians coming to our studio and help us in the Buddhist music production because of religious matters. Yeah. So I hope that uh, in future we can have more of these uh, talented people that can come in. And, uh, and of course, we wish that uh, we can have different varieties of music that's available. For example, there are some music that's supposed to calm you down. You know? There are music that's supposed to inspire you to learn Dharma. But there should be some music that attract youth. There should be some music that is interesting for children that they can come along and do some activities. There, there can be some uh, music that mainly focusing on uh, activities. You know, when we do activities, everyone can clap together, can shout together, can dance together, that kind of music. Yeah, we, we should have a variety of these. And any advice on how people can start contributing to this scene? Get a degree in music and come to Buddhist Circle. Wow, you set the standard very high. Now nobody wants to join me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about we set the <laughs> we set the bar a little lower? If someone is very passionate and very enthusiastic about you know music, uh, and singing, dancing, um, how can they get involved um, with the Buddhist music scene? Mm, they can call me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, we, we we are continuing our effort in uh, doing composition camps and. Also, we work with an organization like uh, SBM to do uh, concerts and so on. Uh, these are uh, activities that we can do to help uh, organizations to inspire the younger generations to like music and continue their effort in this. Yeah, that's why uh, if it's possible, then I hope that a lot of organizations, they can realize that this is a very important uh, area and continue to put in some effort and uh, energy to create these kind of activities to inspire the younger generation. Uh, there are a lot of things you can do. Composition camp is one of them. Then concerts can be one of them. There can be some like, you know, uh, Buddhist music awards and <laughs> things like that. So that we can continue uh, inspire people to come into the circle and become their profession. That's great. And I do know that there will be another Visa concert coming up. Will you be part of it? Yes. For listeners, this is a, a good way to start understanding what does Buddhist music mean? or Because I think a lot of people don't know that's such a thing. <laughs> we thought only chanting, yes. that's the only music that we hear. <laughs> There's so many talented people and musicians. To be honest, I'm quite surprised. So I think that's a good start. Any other way they can get in touch with you? Like where do they go or where do they start picking up music or any upcoming composition camps that you're conducting? Uh, we have a few uh, Facebook pages. One of them is called uh, We use this platform as a youth platform uh, that is mainly focusing on uh, music as a tool to propagate Dharma. You can look for us uh, from Facebook and Instagram, Seminjong the Pangyo. 
at the same time uh, maybe they can follow my facebook <laughs> share information and uh, happy studio is a company so we do a lot of different uh, kind of music and genre as well but when we have these activities sometimes happy studio will, will share all those messages also those are more circular kind of music yeah there are circular music, there are commercial jingles. We have some charity music inside as well. I've heard those tracks very, very nice. We created our own app as well, a phone app called that app, uh, Le Music, because Le is happiness, right? <laughs> so we just direct translate, it becomes Le Music. And then the, the objectives of Le Music is to uh, create more circular music, but uh, bringing positive energies to the communities. Yeah, so we did... Uh, sign up some artists and they produce their EP and singles. Those are almost like pop music, but uh, it reflects the, uh, what people think of uh, the current trend. You know, For example, there are songs about uh, working from 9 to 5, that kind of feeling, and still able to chase their dreams and uh, these kind of messages that we continue to share. With the music is also a, a good platform for us to continue to uh, use music as a tool to help people, hopefully. You know, because now we are in a very fast-paced society and we don't have time to stop and think about what is happening around us and what we should do next. So I hope that the uh, Love Music app can be a platform for people to listen to some music and hopefully it triggers or reminds them that they can do something different. Being in a very fast-paced world, they can still uh, refresh and uh, do something that is meaningful for themselves. And I think eventually, you know, in a way, like you mentioned, the, the expanding also, having this kind of secular music with positive message can also very easily, you know, intertwine with the, the Buddhist-related themes as well for, for the music there. Yes, yes. And of course, it's, uh, it's also very difficult because it's very challenging in this community because there are so many TikTok and viral, viral uh, content that has no meaning but still attract a lot of attention. So sometimes these kind of songs that, require you to sit down and listen to we have to agree that we have to start small you know but eventually uh, accumulate so as i mentioned uh, we need to have a long-term plan thank you so much brother kanki this chat has been super inspiring and i'm really inspired by you because it's really out of your passion and your interest to create something good for for the youth create something good for the people around you and put your sweat your effort your blood even i don't know <laughs> Um, into into <laughs> yeah into creating this music um, for the long-term benefit for the community as well so thank you so much for sharing um, with us about yourself and your music I just wanted to see if you want to do the quick plug on the upcoming SPM concert and the Sarawak camp yes uh, do look forward for a concert event that we have organized by SBM will be on Vesat Day. If you're interested, please follow SBM Facebook page or Instagram. We are also preparing an album with a Sarawak a Buddhist youth group. The title of the album is called Yu Fa Tong Xin. Yu Fa Tong Xin means follow the path of Dharma. And uh, this has been a theme for them for the past few years because after the composition camps that we work with them, they have a pool of songs. Then they used these songs and they traveled from Sarawak, Kuching, all the way to Miri. Then after that, they traveled even to West Malaysia using these songs and bringing a group of youth to share the songs and the messages. The messages is about uh, how they grew up in uh, Buddhist communities and Buddhist temple and how all these teachers and friends have helped them. So the albums contain 12 songs. They include songs about appreciating the Dharma. There are songs about appreciating their parents. There are songs about friendship. 
There are songs about uh, leaving home and missing home. There are a lot of uh, songs that I think is what the teenagers and youth they actually experience. So I hope that this album can be uh, an important tool for us to continue to share with the youth and hopefully inspire them into the circles, take care of them, love them, and eventually they become part of us. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that's a wrap for today. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Next up, my co-host Cheryl speaks with the lead singer Pauline and the guitarist Kelvin from Buddy Sings. They dug into their favorite lyrics and how the verses act as powerful reminders in their daily life. They also share more about the ups and downs being young musicians who juggle full-time work and dharma music. For them, the seed to create music was planted from a Buddhist youth camp and they have never looked back ever since. Let's dive right in. Hi everyone, my name is Pauline from Buddy Sings. So I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Buddy Sings and currently uh, as the leader uh, to lead the team. Uh, I'm Calvin. Well, I do most of the music uh, production and arrangement in Buddy Sings itself. And Buddy Sings, in a sense, is a place where we want to share the joy of Dharma and um, the values of Dharma through music, essentially, and essentially allow people to enjoy and learn Dharma to, to get that stepping stone into the Dharma through, through that music. Amazing. Thanks for giving the introduction, Kelvin, and also giving us a quick um, understanding of Buddy Sings. So I would like to be a little bit playful here, and I would want both of you to describe Buddy Sings in three words. Yeah, I think I think I'll, I'll be more mainstream and say well, music, fellowship, as well as learning. In in a sense, you know, buddy things. I would say our events, our programs are all focused around music, and hence music. Well, fellowship is because a lot of what we do is really uh, centered around doing things together, because. As human beings, I would say it's it's very difficult for us to do things on our own, and we always need you know to learn from each other and to actually do things together to split split out the workload. So there's a lot of fellowship involved in that, you know, learning how to work with people, learning how to enjoy accomplishments together, and things like that. And well, learning because um, I would say there's much more to running buddy things or any other content creation uh, platform than what meets the eye. So I'm sure, you know, Cheryl, you're very knowledgeable about this as well. You know, all the ins and outs that the tiny little things that the audience does not see. Yeah. So there's a lot of learnings in that in that area. Wow. Great answer. <laughs> the three words just covered everything. I think that, that was a that that's a perfect answer. I'll give that to you. Um I would say the first one that popped up on my head is uh roller coaster. It is a roller coaster, a lot of ups and downs that we face, uh, a lot of challenges, especially uh, the pandemic, yeah, has affected a lot. But we also have, um, so the, the good times. Lah. Second word, I would say experience. Similar to what Kelvin said, learning, lah, really learn a lot, especially from Kelvin, yeah, from Kelvin about audio production. I didn't know so much technicalities go behind recording. So yeah, picked up a, a lot from that. 
And the third one, I would say, is just fun. Really, it's just fun um, together. Fun, I would say, two Fs are fun and family. Really, um, get to know the you know the teammates. We work together, and I enjoy the times that we spend like after practice. We'll go to like McDonald's or like Mama <laughs> to to hang and just relax and chill and chit chat. So, yeah, it is a. I I would say that it's a time well spent lah for me. Thanks so much for sharing. I really love the three words that both of you have shared with me, and I think it's not so much about the product, the end product. Of course, that's important, but I think what really comes across is you know the process, right? Roller coaster, the ups and downs, the the fellowship, the sense of community that you feel and experience through, you know, being in this group and and creating music that inspires people. And from audience audience point of view, because I I watch your live mini concert and that's how I actually found out about you guys and then I was listening to Kata Nuta and I think the three words that came to mind was really fun energetic and fresh I think it's very new because you know we grew up in the era of iGems the old songs it has been a long time since we've seen uh, such fresh music and just seeing all of you come together and have fun on stage so thank you for all the music that you bring and we can really see that that strong bond that all of you have with each other about about 10 years i think about 10 years tell me more no i mean about 10 years the gap to have new music like english music yeah so yeah i think yeah fresh i think that is a really good word lah it, it is fresh something new in the beginning we were a bit a little bit worried lah actually in the beginning because something so new Uh, like in terms of the arrangement, in terms of the technology that we use in audio production, we were a little bit worried that oh, how would people perceive this, especially in the Buddhist community, because everything is more modernized. I would say, yeah. So had a little bit of worry, but hey, I mean, we got good feedback lah. So I guess that that you know kept us going. Yeah, and more importantly, we're glad that you enjoyed the concert. <laughs> I definitely did enjoy the concert because it's new. Like Pauline has mentioned, ten years. You know, we want to see some new music as well. Um, but just touching a little bit on what you mentioned just now, Pauline. You know, you were saying that you faced the challenge of like you know bringing the new concept, bringing new sounds to to the whole Buddhist scene. Um, that's very challenging. So tell us a little bit more about you know the obstacles you're faced as a group on on of course the the music the creativity side, but also on the personal side. Um, what were some of the challenges you faced as well? I'll start off first, and I'm sure Pauline has something else to add later. So I think for me, um, from a music and production perspective, it's not just a problem that we face in Buddhist things, but uh, throughout the Buddhist community as well. It's really the lack of Resources and manpower, so you know a lot of times, we well most of the times, uh, we are doing this you know out of our own goodwill and you know um because we are interested in it and doing it as a part of our interest. So we are not getting paid for it. We are not earning anything from it except for the fun and the happiness and the joy that it brings. So because of this, a lot of people it's it's difficult to get people to commit, yeah, put in their time to actually make things work. Editing music, editing videos, creating, and and you know just arranging it all takes time, and well, time is money, as people say. So yeah, both time and money was an obstacle for us, but well, we were we were lucky enough, you know, to get a lot of support from the community as well as 
a lot of support from uh, our parent body, uh, Banda Utama Buddhist Society. So we were fortunate that we can uh, we were able to get through that. Thanks for sharing, Kelvin. Was there is there anything that you'd like to add on, Pauline? Um, yeah, I agree with him uh, in terms of uh, commitment because what we're doing is uh, is volunteer, it's voluntary. So who has the interest, who have the passion, then you know they will commit their time, their effort uh, into this. Because um, a lot of us, I mean, everyone uh, is either we are a student, we are still studying in uni, um, working like myself. So, you know, it is hard to juggle between work studies and also uh, body scenes. Uh. But I mean, me personally, it's really training me in terms of personal development, like time management, which is what I'm quite weak at. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of personal development uh. Um, in, in that sense, uh, managing my time, managing the stress levels, <laughs> and managing our resources because every little time uh, that we have is precious because it can contribute to the output, uh, to the product, to the end product uh, in the end. Because in this, we work together as a team. It's not just about the music side, but also a lot about management actually like financial side, um, managing the team, like the workload projects. For example, who will take up the design for this? Okay, who will do the editing for that? Who's going to do audio for this? And then we have to find a time for everyone to come together to record something or record individually. And then some of the team members, they do not have the proper equipment, for example. So then Kelvin will have to go through a lot <laughs> to edit our voices, especially during the pandemic. But I believe that uh, there's always a better way to do things. Uh, you know, If we find the right way to do it, that we have the passion and the interest, then we can definitely pull it off. And after that, you will have that happiness, that joy, and really that sense of achievement that we achieve this as a team. So then you will think that you know it's all worth it. <laughs> wow, it definitely sounds very challenging from the money side to the time, the coordination to equipment. Um, especially since all of you are not full-time musicians. All of this you have to take from your parents or your own pocket money. So what is it that you really wish to impact the Buddhist community through Buddhist things? Because I think that plays a, a big part in driving your commitment to, to continue to create music. And I know you just launched a new album. Tell us a little bit more about what was the impact that you hope to see um, Buddhist things could create. For me personally, I... Uh, I hope that, you know, but these things would be a touch point where people get exposed to Buddhism and the, the Dharma, essentially. So I would say that through music, we can learn uh, the Dharma, but I wouldn't say that through music, we can learn all of the Dharma because the Dharma is, is very uh, deep, very complex, and it, it has to be learned through experience, in a sense. So what I hope for is that Buddhist things to be a touch point for people who have not had the exposure to Dharma to, you know, have a taste of what Buddhism is like. And for, you know, people uh, who are already practicing Buddhists, what we hope is really for uh, the songs to just be a reminder, to be a constant reminder for them, you know. And yeah, it can be something that you listen uh, on the way to work or, you know, on the way to school and be reminded of the Buddha's teachings. Because, well, writing a song, we, can, we cannot cover the entire uh, Buddha's teachings. So, yeah, this, uh, well, this is the best that we can hope for. 
it will be a very long song if we put everything in one song. <laughs> <laughs> and and definitely, I think, uh, Kelvin, you touch on a very important point here is that a lot of the Buddhist teachings are very experiential. You have to really, for example, go to a retreat, sit down, meditate, and then only you, you in- experience the insights. But the power of music is that it can open the doors for people who have not uh, realized Buddhism yet. And for those who are practiced, the path is long. This could serve as a very good reminder um, through a very beautiful means. So thanks for sharing, Kelvin. Pauline? Uh, similar answer to Kelvin, actually. Uh, like he said, a touch point, a medium, a medium, because, you know, uh, I would say that this comes from personal experience as well, because uh, in our band, in our group, uh, some of us, we have been attending Dharma school since we were in primary school, when we were really young. And when we attend Dharma school, uh, I think most of us in, in Babs, Bandar Dharma Buddhist Society, we usually have like this um, sing-along, a hymn singing sessions before the Dharma class starts, so all of us were gathered. So that was when we were exposed to Buddhist hymns. So then, you know, when we exposed it, oh, it has a lot of fun. So, and it's enticing or attractive like you can call it yeah so you know there's a different ways for us to learn and experience uh, the dharma so you got like like you said camps retreats uh, dharma talks and all that so music is one of the medium like one of the ways to reach out to to people around and especially for the younger generation like kids youth teens um we can connect more like, i would say uh especially those who are avid music listeners, yeah, then, you know, they can connect more uh, through, through music and serve as like a, like an opening where they can, oh, they learn something, they pick up something and then they can explore more in their own way. Uh. I really love that. And especially, I think you're also speaking from experiences, right? Um, you going to the Dharma talks, to the camps, having those uh, hymn singing sessions. Um, and just out of curiosity, how did you know your experience going attending all these things um lead to the formation of Body Sings? Funny story. <laughs> so um Body Sings was founded by three three people. So there's me, there's Calvin, and there's one more Robin. So the three of us. So how it started was uh because we are all involved in uh, the youth group of Banda Otama Buddhist Society called uh Banda Otama Dhamma Duta Youth, or in short is Badi, B-U-D-D-Y. So every year we will organize a buddy camp uh, for teens, 13 to 17 years old, which is uh, secondary school students. Lah. So uh, then one one time, uh, we were organizing a camp called Gata Nyuta. So then we decided, hey, why don't we have a camp song? Because we never had that before. So if someone just mentioned it casually and no one took it seriously, except Robin. <laughs> so he was the one who actually started to pen down some lyrics and created some melody i think some you know ins- he got inspired like some inspiration came over then yeah so he started to write uh, i think the chorus uh, no mistaken a little bit of the verse and a bit of the chorus then at that time it was 2018 uh, 2018 and i was the one leading the camp committee camp planning so he approached me first and said hey i have an idea about a camp song you know maybe you could do this and at that time i uh i was also uh exposed to singing like in my uni so i think robin knew about that so he just came to me and said hey why don't you do this 
Then after that, we realized, hey, who's, uh, you know, like really good in music in our team? That's Kelvin. So then we called up Kelvin and Kelvin, we got this really cool idea. You want to hear it? So he heard the demo. And then, yeah, that's how we got to work. And he said, yeah, we can do something about this, right? Like we can work this out. So that's when the three of us came together and we actually wrote down a song. So Robin started it and I finished the song together with him. Then, and ironically, he did it online through Google Hangout at the time, Google Hangout. So two of us did it online. We did a like a really simple demo. Then we pass it on to Kelvin and he just made it beautiful. Yeah, so we had a rough, it was the first time we did a recording, home recording. Yeah, then we played it during the camp, the Katanyuta camp. And a lot of people loved it. So we're like, oh, hey, we got a knack for this, man. Let's let's continue. And then we got that fire in us and Robin started to write more songs. And we all just came together. And then we got um, Madeline, and, which is Robin's sister, and also Deborah, who plays the violin. So then we decided to, okay, let's, let's form Buddy Sings and let's continue to do this. So the five of us, lah, the original members. Yeah, it's amazing that it started from this small idea and then, you know, everyone joined in and it turned into something so beautiful that we can all enjoy today. So I have two options for you guys here. So one is that you can either sing for more directed to Pauline. I think, Kelvin, do you sing as well? He does. A little bit. Okay, okay. So you can either sing your favorite excerpt of Kata Nyuta or uh, you can... You can, the second option is to tell us a little bit more about your new single, also singing a short excerpt of it. Let's, let's each take one, Pauline. <laughs> each take one, what? <laughs> okay, um, why don't you take Kata Nyuta and then I'll do the, the Wheel of Life. Oh, okay, sure. Um, so, Wheel of Life is our new single. Alright, so I'll sing first and explain it later. We may be blinded by the ones in our minds And losing what's right in front of us Ooh. So this is the bridge of Katanita. Maybe I will briefly explain what Katanita is about for those of you who have not heard it. So Katanita is a Pali word for uh, in simple terms, it's gratitude. So knowing or recognizing what has been done for one's benefit, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So in in other words, it's gratitude, lah. Mm. So in this whole song, mainly we want to remind people to uh to count our blessings, to appreciate um uh, what we have instead of focusing on what we don't have. yeah. So in this bridge, uh, we may be blinded by the ones in our minds because um, the things that we want are endless. If we want a lot of things, doesn't mean we can get them. But, you know, we may feel very unhappy, frustrated because we keep focusing on the things that we don't have. So the second line of the bridge and losing what's right in front of us, there are things that is right in front of us like family, um, love, um, we have food, shelter, these little simple things in life that we have that we may take it for granted. Yeah. 
So I really like this verse a lot <laughs> because it reminds me to count my blessings, um, to see things on the bright side, on the positive side. Thank you very much for sharing and for being super impromptu to, to this uh, singing request as well, Pauline. Thank you. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, Kelvin, for the sake of time, I think we can only do one song. I yep. hope that's okay. All good. It means I don't have to sing. And that's great. <laughs> But I would direct this um, last question to you because Pauline has kind of addressed it as well in, in sharing the lyrics and, and the bridge of this song. So to Kelvin, how has, you know, Dharma music helped or motivated you on your Buddhist practice? For me personally, it, it's a reflection of how um, the Dharma is like as well as a constant reminder for myself. We have written a song called Nothing Stays the Same Forever. Um, it's still in uh, the production pipeline, but I think not just with that particular song, but with all the songs we write, you know, we see how, well, nothing stays the same forever. Because from, from the minute, uh, from the first time that, you know, some, someone writes down the lyrics and adds in the melody and, and does all the changes and edits, you realise that the song changes a lot and you will realise that... Um, the meaning of the song for, for well, myself personally has uh, changed a lot. So uh, Kata Nyuta, because it was written for camp itself, so the main objective or the main uh, meaning for me was uh, more of like a summary of what happened in camp and a summary of what we've learned in camp. But as we continued to uh, produce the song, as we continued to make the song better and uh, do edits, you know, what I've realized it is I start to take the song more literally in a sense where the song is a reminder of the, the things that I'm grateful for around me. Yeah, so the song is a reminder of uh, what I'm grateful for around me as well as what I'm grateful for in terms of having the opportunity to produce this song and to actually share the Dharma through music. In a sense, it's a reflection of the Dharma as well as a reminder for myself. That's amazing how a simple song can be so deep as a reflection and a reminder to yourself as the, as the creator of the songs as well as to the audience who listens to them. Much to think about and much to be grateful um, as we head towards the end of this episode. Is there any way we can find your work and any new um, concerts, events or, or singles that we can find you and get to hear more of your work? Yeah, you can find us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram. Our handle is at Buddy Sings Official, B-U-D-D-Y-S-I-N-G-S-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Yeah, Buddy Sings Official. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, YouTube is mainly our songs. Uh, and also you can find our Kata Nuta live concert there, the full one hour plus concert is there so be sure to check it out because uh, we did perform some of the songs that will be in the album and you can also listen to us on uh, the music platforms like spotify uh, apple music amazon music tidal deezer uh, youtube music as well so be sure to follow us like us subscribe to us 
if you heard too much there and forgot everything, just visit buddysings.com and it'll all be there. Yes, that's our website. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks a lot, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in. We have created a playlist of all the studio-recorded Buddhist music. You can find the link in the show notes. There's also a Visak live concert organized by SBM Youth in collaboration with Happy Productions and Buddhist Youth Network. This will be held on the 15th of May at Safra Tupayo, Singapore, as part of a full-day Visak Day celebration. You can also tune in to the live concert on Facebook. Well, Visak Day is just around the corner. If you're still not sure how to spend that day meaningfully or which events to attend, we have curated a list of online and offline events happening in Singapore and Malaysia just for you. The link is also in the show notes. This is also the month that Handful of Leaves officially turns one year old. On behalf of my team, I would like to thank our writers, designers, guest speakers, and of course, not forgetting our loyal supporters. Together, you have helped us to make the Buddhist teachings practical and accessible. We hope that more people can benefit from our work and to lead a happy and more meaningful life. If you'd like to support this effort, you can choose to sponsor our articles, podcast episodes, or various projects via our website. You can also drop us a five-star review on Spotify and share this show with your friends. This would really help us with the algorithm and allow us to reach more people. To end off this episode, let's tune in to two Buddhist songs mentioned in our interview earlier. Meanwhile, stay happy and wise.
place above.